Welcome to the Family Resiliency Center podcast. Today, we're exploring picky eating among children. I'm your host, Ryan Monahan, communications specialist for the Family Resiliency Center at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. The Family Resiliency Center, or FRC, is a research and policy center that focuses on challenges that affect families, like childhood obesity and food insecurity. Today, we have Natasha Cole with us. Natasha is a doctoral student in the Division of Nutritional Sciences at the University of Illinois. She's also part of the Illinois Transdisciplinary Obesity Prevention Program, also at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign campus. Now, Natasha is the lead author on a newly published study that explores picky eating and how nature and nurture may be influencing eating behavior in young children. Welcome, Natasha. Thank you for having me. So a lot of your study had to do with picky eating. You know, if you have a picky eater, how does nature and nurture influence the eating behavior in young children? Can you first just tell me a little bit about what is picky eating and how is it technically classified or how might parents look at picky eating in their children? So picky eating is a common problematic mealtime behavior that typically emerges during childhood. And it's often a source of concern and anxiety among parents parents who unfortunately may adapt certain feeding strategies, some negative, in an attempt to get their children to eat. Picky eating is really, it's, it's characterized by having a low dietary variety, rejecting both familiar and novel foods, and uh, sometimes requesting even specific meal preparation techniques uh, in order to like the foods. What are some of the contributing factors, and maybe some interesting ones, maybe some not so interesting ones, that are contributing factors to children kind of exhibiting this sort of picky eating behavior? So I think a lot of this stems back to the whole question, are picky eaters born or are they made? And then from a research standpoint, there are some studies indicating that picky eating has a genetic determinant. Picky eating is hereditary. But then there are also, on the other side of things, the nurture standpoint, that picky eating is also related to caregiver or parent feeding practices. And we all know that picky eating is just frustrating, especially if you're a parent or a, a child care worker or a daycare worker or a caregiver of any kind. It can be increasingly frustrating. Why is picky eating and looking into picky eating and picky eating on a child so important? So studies have shown associations between picky eating and the risk for overweight and underweight, as well as depression and eating disorders. And it's really important that proper uh, child receive proper nutrition early on because this is important for their growth and development. And some studies have actually shown that some of the eating habits formed early in life tend to persist later on into school age years and also in adulthood. So if we can get these children set on a good start in the beginning, the idea is that they continue these good eating habits later on in life. us a little bit about your new study published in the Journal of Nutrigenetics and Nutrigenomics. So in this study, we took a sample of parents and their preschool-age children, so children aged two to five, and we asked the parents a variety of questions on their child's eating behaviors. So examples of these questions are, does your child refuse vegetables? Does your child require a specific preparation during mealtimes? And we asked them to rate the frequency of these behaviors on a scale of one to five, so one being never and five always. Um, as part of the study, we also collected the child's saliva samples in order to get their genetic information. From there, we were interested in looking at taste genes. What are taste genes? We have taste genes. 
There are genes that are related to chemosensory or taste perception. So we have these genes that code for bitter taste and sweet taste and umami, and there's varying levels of sensitivity based on the different versions of these genes that one person might have. So every person has these genes, we just have different variations of them. And your study really looked at taking these genes and kind of connecting the relationship between those genes and whether these children like certain foods, correct? Correct. So the reason why we wanted to investigate some of these taste genes is because in past research studies, people who have an aversion to bitter taste seem to have varied food preferences and eating behaviors. And so we want to investigate, well, does this also translate to children? Does it also translate to their picky eating behaviors? So this was a big research study when it comes to picky eating and what, how, what role nature versus nurture will play in a child's picky eating behavior. And of course, that's important because it can play a role in their overall health and well-being, not just as a child, but later in life. So with this study and this research that took months and months to complete, what came out of it? We found a relationship between two genes, both that were related to bitter taste perception and picky eating in children. And our findings suggests that children who are more bitter sensitive are the ones that are more likely to be picky eaters. And is there anything we can do with that information? It basically suggests that children may be more sensitive to some of the bitter compounds that are found in broccoli and Brussels sprouts, but at the same time, I'm going to go back to what I said about genetics not equaling destiny and some foods that we can think of that are good examples of this are beer, dark chocolate, and coffee. Very bitter foods, but yet they're loved by adults. And so the idea is that you can learn to like these bitter foods. And this is kind of going back to some of the future research that we're doing, the nurture component. Here in this study, we only looked at the genetic component or the nature influence. But the idea is that even if children are predisposed to hate these bitter tastes, the hope is that we can still teach them to like those foods. So we know that nature plays a role in all of this. Uh, what about nurture? And is more research necessary to kind of investigate that? You mentioned that genetics does not determine your destiny. So in a family environment, in a parent relationship, in a, a caretaker relationship, what type of research is still needed to see the true power that those relationships might have on picky eating? So studies have been done only on genetics alone or the parent feeding environment alone. but no one has really investigated the relationship between nature and nurture. So some of the things that we're interested in looking at is even if a child is genetically predisposed to become a picky eater, whether it's because they hate bitter taste or because of their temperament, can parents still influence their eating behavior even if a child is genetically at risk? And that's something that we're interested in looking at is that joint influence of nature and nurture. What advice would you give parents, caretakers, daycare workers, anybody that's working with these kids, what advice would you give them to kind of help set these children up for success when it comes to everything that you just talked about? First, probably is to be patient. Uh, for most children, picky eating is a normal part of development, and that's just a stage that they're going to go through. The second is I'm a huge proponent of the one family, one meal concept. Um, too often we see parents, they're so desperate to get their child to eat 
heat that they will short order cook for them. And this can often make the problem worse. Ideally, there should be a division of responsibility in the feeding environment and that the parent will provide food that is healthy and tasty and they will have a very structured mealtime, but then they will leave it up to the child to eat what they want and how much of it they want. So you're saying eat what they want that's already served to them? Or are you talking about sort of making them a second meal because you know <laughs> that they won't eat the first meal? I mean, there's plenty of families I know they're like, well, I'm going to cook chicken and broccoli tonight. Oh, but child A won't eat this, so we're just going to give child A a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right. So no, definitely one family, one meal. And these are the options that are provided and when the child is hungry they will eat and sometimes it does take repeated exposures so if they're still refusing vegetables it could take up to 12 to 15 times <laughs> coming up next there is more research with your team that will take place on the nurture part of all of this which is really remarkable in the sense that it is modifiable behaviors that can be changed and can influence children's eating behavior. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what's next and, and why that's so important? So my research is focusing primarily on children in the 12 to 24 month period, what we call the transitional feeding period. And so I say this because they're transitioning from a primarily milk-based diet to foods that the rest of the family is consuming. And this is a huge gap in the scientific literature because again, most of the picky eating research is focusing on older children, preschool age and school age. But then during this time, whenever they're being introduced to complementary foods, we don't really know what's happening. We don't know if there's a specific order or type of food that they should be introduced to or what parents are doing during this time. And so that's why we wanted to focus on the younger children. Well, thank you so much for being here. What's next for you and your research team? The, the research that we're focusing on now is looking at the interaction or the joint influence between nature and nurture. So even though a child may be predisposed uh, based on their genetics to become a picky eater, what to what extent can parents modify or help that situation? And that's what uh, some of our future research is focusing on. Well, stay tuned because we'll definitely revisit that in part two of this picky eating podcast. Thank you so much for being with us today, Natasha. Sure, thank you. Thanks for listening. That's all for this Family Resiliency Center podcast. I'm Ryan Monahan. This Family Resiliency Center podcast was recorded in the radio production studio in the College of Media at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign.